Welcome to episode 227 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Bryn Jackson. And I'm Brian Levin. Today we caught up with Kathleen Warner. She is our friend and currently designing at uh, Facebook. Uh, we've been trying to get her in on the show for a while now. Uh, we finally made it happen. It's a great conversation. Before we get into it, I want to thank our sponsors for this episode. First up is Pork Bun. Pork Bun. They're delicious. Have you had a pork delicious bun? Delicious new. Oh, they're the best. Uh, revolutionary sandwich sweeping yeah. the design industry. Super new in like the last thousand years, I guess. Yeah, it's crazy. Pork Bun is a domain registrar, making it uh, easy, simple, and pain free to get dot design domain names. And if anyone should get dot design, it's you. It's you listening to this right this moment because uh, there's no more good dot coms. All the good ones are taken. Or they cost thousands of dollars, uh, and dot design is a new uh, contextual, relevant, semantic, semantic, and uh, available domain TLD. If there's anything designers love, it's semantics. So you can go to porkbun.com, check out their dope little logo, which is a the butt of a pig in the shape of a pork bun, which is fantastic. And then you can go buy a dot design domain from them. You've probably seen a bunch of dot .design domain names popping up in the last few months. Uh, Facebook.design, Facebook.design, uh, Slack.design, all these companies swooping up their domain names, uh, usually turning them into blogs to write about design processes. Uh, now's a great chance for you to get your own, whether it's for a personal website or just redirecting to your Dribbble account or whatever it might be. There's tons of names available. Uh, get them before they're gone, you know. That whole deal. That whole deal. Uh, you know how domain names 10 work. 10 years from I now, think. you'll be kicking yourself that you don't own yourname.design uh, gotta build up that SEO and if you have kids you should probably get theirs too yeah you know how that works and all your side projects and more uh, and we're gonna save you a bunch of money if you go to porkbun.com and use the coupon code SPEC that's S-P-E-C at checkout uh, that's gonna save you some money uh, it'll give you $35 registration on a non-premium design domain name uh, and that comes with all the goodness of like who is privacy SSL certificates uh, the whole registration package. Uh, and that's at porkbun.com. Again, use the promo code SPEC at checkout, and that's going to save you some bucks. So thanks again to Porkbun for sponsoring the show. Our second sponsor is your best friends in the entire world. Not us, surprisingly. Surprisingly. But Figma. Figma is, uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's an interface design tool. It's based in the browser, uh, which means that it's connected to the internet by default making it really easy for you and your team to collaborate on designs, presentations, prototypes, all in one place on all of your devices. Uh, it works we use great. it every day. We use it every day. Uh, we use it for icon designs, for layout explorations. We did all of our uh, slideshows in it. We use prototyping to do our slideshows for our pitch deck. For raising money. Uh, it's a versatile tool. It's powerful, uh, built by some of our favorite people in uh, in the design and tech and you know that whole the whole world region. the whole world uh, the whole world region really and and there's some good news they want you to join them yeah they're hiring a bunch of people they need product designers they need community managers they need writers they need engineers galore but like go work with them they're hiring uh, they want you to join them lots of roles are available if you go to figma.com slash careers you can learn more you can uh, take program. my old job, designer advocate. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good job. Bryn used to work there. You just make people better designers, and like that's your whole job. Uh, we go by there often for lunch. They're they basically managing lunches. everyone in the world. Like that's your job. Yeah. Like you, you are now every designer's design manager. That's right. They have a beautiful office, wonderful location, great food. We get together often and say hi to the team. 
uh, and can definitely vouch for it. So the go pe- work there. So we'll come by for lunch sometime. <laughs> so you can see us. That's, that's the real value prop. Um, we know you're very excited about it. <laughs> uh, can't speak highly enough about Figma, the product, and the team. Go work on the future design tools. Go to figma.com slash careers. Of course, tell them we sent you. And if you're not using Figma already, then... What uh, are you even doing? What do you even do? <laughs> do you even design? <laughs> Thanks again, Figma. And with that, let's get into episode 227 with Kathleen Warner. All right. I am Kathleen Warner, mm-hmm. and I'm a product designer at Facebook. Nice. And what else? And <laughs> like, Is there anything else about you? Cool. Um, <laughs> Tell me more. That's it. And a hermit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Oh, that I don't really go outside. <laughs> nice. So, a hermit you know, is like I a sage who lives deficiency. off in the woods. Yeah, so I was just researching vitamin D deficiency. <laughs> yep. Got it. it. We call it hermit's disease. Her- uh, that's actually not a bad... Hmm. Hermit syndrome. That's better. Yeah, I can't come up with anything more clever than that. It wasn't that clever. That's I know. bad. That's a really bad start. <laughs> Hermit Hobbit. Hermit Hobbit. Hmm. Uh, hell. But wow. Yeah. I stay inside a lot. Yeah. Just make things. I mean, I feel like my life can be pretty summed up easily. It's like I go to work and I work on design. Then I come home and I work on music. Mm-hmm. What kind of yeah. music? Um, sad songs. I read a lot of them. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like specifically sad like you come home in a good mood and you're like all right, sad I, need, time. I need to watch like videos <laughs> of oh actually i getting... do that constantly so oh fuck well, <laughs> god <laughs> not the animal videos but okay. i watch trailers pretty obsessively trailers yeah like movie trailers yeah because it but gets like sad the ones? feeling of an entire movie in like two minutes what's your go-to oh man um like, okay so I'll, you get home you just had a great day productive one-on-one with your manager you're like sad good time mood. what do we do <laughs> i need to get real upset um Go. okay well lately i've been watching okay so i also watch like fan videos of between characters and so oh no this is going in a horrible direction <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm following okay so what happens is i get so sick of listening to the stuff that i'm making that i have to watch things while i listen to it in order to take it in differently okay so lately i've been watching a lot of fan videos um of this movie palo alto and i don't think i've ever even seen the full movie i've never heard of this movie <laughs> it's the one that james franco did where he plays a teacher that i think gets with a student oh outside your window right yeah <laughs> <laughs> i see okay it hits home okay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway there is this romance between the two students um <laughs> and so i've i have this one song that i've been using a fan video of that to listen to it and see if it feels right huh. and also um san junipero the episode of black Mirror. oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. so there's this one song i've written which I imagine is about them. Um, so I watch that a lot Interesting. when I'm trying to get in the headspace of it. Because otherwise uh, I'll just focus on uh, really technical details that I don't think um, are productive early on. Like I'll be like, shit, that snare sound is just like it. It's making me cringe. Um, and so I can get picking two... samples can go forever. Yes, <laughs> you can spend literally like an entire fonts. day trying to pick the right snare. Yeah, um, and so I try not to get too caught up in that, especially when I'm early on in whatever I am writing. There are metaphors um, here. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking, huh? This parallels really well to to the theme of this yeah. this show. Um, and so whenever I do things like you know 
watch YouTube videos of trailers or, um, you know. People dying, uh, <laughs> children in hospitals. And listen to whatever I'm making. Oh, another trailer I love, The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby um, with Jessica Chastain. That's a great trailer to watch her music to. <laughs> okay. Just very sad? Uh, yeah. Question. And that film, it's so there are three different versions of it. The one about her and him, and then the one from her perspective, and then the one from his perspective. So there's a lot of material to work hmm. with. There. So, disclosure, I don't know what this movie is you're talking about. Oh, um, I don't really either, I but I like, the, song. I like the way it feels <laughs> cool. in the trailer. Oh, it's a movie about um, a couple disappearing. Uh, separating, and he wants to stay in it. She doesn't. Oh, shit. Um, wow, I'm getting yeah. kind of sad. I know. <laughs> uh, it's music time. <laughs> yeah, question. Have you... Thought about making like happy music or? Uh, I mean, some, <laughs> my, some stuff is happy. Um, I mean, nothing wrong with sad music. It's just, uh, it's interesting yeah. that that's like. A so even if thing. I write happy music, I tend to take it in a Minor darker chords. in a darker direction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know why. I I've just always day. gravitated towards music that is heavier. Huh. Yeah. Um, I do think I don't there's have something. To be, what were you There's something say? funny about like the juxtaposition of like minor chords and like really happy song, <laughs> like lyrics, yeah. uh, <laughs> or like, like really that, sad lyrics and really happy music. Um, <laughs> pumped up kicks or kids or yeah. whatever yeah. that yep. song is about a shooting, yeah, it's and it's up. a really happy song. Yeah. And, yeah. Like you're singing it driving down the road, and then you're like, <laughs> hang oh on. no, oh, shit. yeah, <laughs> outrun the gun. Hang on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I think they got away with it because you can't understand what they're saying at all. Uh, that's a line though, right? Outrun the gun. Yeah. I run my gun, something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. This is good <laughs> yeah. content. We're killing it right now. Give me a high seat. Uh, <laughs> um, like the juice box? Yeah, I'm thirsty. Uh, okay, so you you go to work at Facebook and you design. Um, can you say what team you're on? Yes, so I'm on Newsfeed. Nice. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for people that uh, might not have heard about Facebook? So or... the thing that you see when you open the app or huh. go to the website. Huh. The feed of all of your friend stuff, groups, pages, yeah. And uh, how long have you been working on Newsfeed? So I joined the team in April. Okay. How's it mm-hmm. going so far? I love it. Yeah? Yeah. It's okay, definitely... now imagine your manager's not listening. How's how's everything going so far? I don't so know far? that he'll listen. <laughs> if he does, hey, Brian. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely the best place I've ever worked. Like, I didn't realize it could be this good. Hmm. Um, What's the best part? The people. Okay. Yeah. Like when I first joined, I was like, yep, I'm definitely the least talented person on the team. This is good. Okay. Yeah, because I can learn from everybody else now. And what are the things you've been focused on learning? I mean, it's it's just a completely different scale of thinking about building products at. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially a lot of the work I'm doing, I have to think about things that don't exist. Yeah. And... So you're like, okay, shit, let me think of things that don't exist that'll work for 2 billion people. Yeah. Or at least some of them. Yeah. How do you think about that? Because I think Facebook has a really loud voice in the design community, like with mm-hmm. all the blog posts and all the resources. Everyone looks to Facebook as like, oh, they're like leaders in design. <laughs> but I, I find that, dude, maybe you disagree. Or I think they have that perception. I think not. they have that perception of yeah. themselves. Yeah. Uh, so, but the question I have is, the problems that designers encounter at Facebook seem fairly unique in terms of like the considerations that have to be accounted for. I don't know. Maybe I'm 
I'm misguided here, but like when you're thinking about designing yeah. something, it's like, okay, this has to work for two billion people. I feel and like for other people to look up to that process feels maybe misguided. I don't know. What do you I think? mean, I think the process is pretty similar. Hmm. Um, I think what's challenging is looking at everything that's happening because there is so much happening within the product and trying to figure out where can I build things that you know currently don't have anything nowhere. going on around it. <laughs> Um, and yeah, nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I actually try not to get too sucked into like the market sizing of it early on when I'm thinking about things because I feel like you need to explore things before you approach any of that. Hmm. It would be like having too few constraints early on, too too many. Well, too maybe much? not the right constraints early. Yeah, on. Hmm. I see. Um, it's picking snare samples instead of yeah. <laughs> like figuring out what the song is. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, can you t- talk a little bit about anything you've worked on since April or is it all still work in progress? Um, a lot of it. So most of it is stuff I would love to talk about, but can't really get mm-hmm. into the nitty gritty of it since okay. it's not testing here. Well then yeah. just uh, for comparison of, of process and stuff, yeah. like what's been the biggest change or like biggest difference in working at a place like Facebook versus what you've done before, which we'll get into, obviously. So biggest difference would have to be just the amount of resources that you have working at Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so before Facebook, I worked at Omni. I was uh, the first designer and only designer um, when I was there. Omni is like a storage solution. Yeah. Yeah. So you can schedule a pickup. They'll come take your items then bring them back to the warehouse facility where they itemize them, photograph them, so you can see everything in the app. And so um, that was interesting because we were building out things that didn't yet exist in the world, but we had this clear vision of what we wanted to make, which is storage at the bottom as the foundation, and then the ability to loan out items, borrow items, rent items. Hmm. Um, They're just now starting to execute on a lot of that, right? Yeah. Recently. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I think in June they launched borrowing and loaning. Right. Um, and then uh, more recently the renting side of it. Cool. Um, but yeah, with that, I mean, we were a small team. Um, we didn't have a researcher or a content strategist. Um, towards the end of my time there, we kind of had a PM. Um, this girl, Vic, who was so awesome, she doubled as an engineer in PM. Whoa. So it's like we were all just uh, trying to do whatever we could to drive the ship forward. Sure. Um, whereas at Facebook, you know, you can stay heads down on design and um, work more with your content strategist and researchers. Whereas at Omni, I had to spend time doing that. Yeah. So yeah. it's just access to more people who have more specialized roles to complete the whole process. Yeah, and it also enhances your work. So yeah. I think... There is a little bit of uh, excitement and danger in being the only person that you know is leading the research mm-hmm. and the design and the organization of it. And so I think it does help by um, having other people that are that are working on it. So music comparison, oftentimes when you work on songs, um, you will want somebody different to master it because you want a new set of ears on it. Mm. Um, and I think that's similar with the design and the research work. Um, you want to make sure that you're not getting stuck on what you perceive to be a problem 
um, you want to make sure you're checking that with people. That this is actually something that is worth solving and worth prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is one of the biggest challenges when you're the only designer. Um, you are the the voice of design and leading the vision of the product. And you're like, fuck, what, what should we do? <laughs> like, we can, you know, it's that phrase of you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Mm-hmm. So you then have to figure out, you know, with your smaller team what is the one thing we should focus on and how are you spending your time yeah in order to amplify what the rest of the team is doing so it's like you're running to stay ahead of the engineers and then when you've got a little bit of distance then you're figuring out okay should i work on the homepage? should i work on other marketing pages do i work on email campaigns it's like where am i most needed to help the team right um and constantly reshuffling what the most important thing is to work on yeah I think the prioritization is uh, consistently the hardest thing that Brynn and I It's easy to get away from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. Did you find anything that was helpful in prioritizing things like that? Or like coming up with a framework of, of knowing what was most valuable to work on at any given point in time? Um, so I was always in constant sync with engineers. We actually had 10 a.m. stand-ups every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so you always knew what people were working on. You knew if things were being delayed, why they were being delayed. Um, and then uh, we would have weekly all hands where we're talking about this is what we're working on. This is you know, where we want to go to next. Um, so I feel like what was important with the startup was the vision being communicated um, top down and letting everybody else contribute that. So we all know like this is where we're running towards. Do your part however you can to get us there. Hmm. I see. Versus Facebook. I mean, it's just, it's a little more organized. Um, <laughs> a, little <laughs> <thought bit. out. laughs> a little bit more structured. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just, the plan doesn't change as much yeah. at Facebook. And some people like that and some people don't. Yeah. Seems like you're, you're a fan. Um, I can like both. I think for this part of I'm my life. I'm a complex life. individual. <laughs> <laughs> don't box yes. me in uh this is what i want right now yeah yeah because like when i was at omni i didn't uh, so much of my i mean i put my life into it so i didn't have time to then go home and put that into music um and so i like not having to worry about every piece of what's moving mm-hmm. um and so i can you know now work on other things as well like yeah. watching sad trailers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's I can spend my time getting really sad. <laughs> I have so much free time. I'm going to really bring myself down. Wow. I'm really hinging on that because it's unique. It's unique. <laughs> but uh, I mean, there's something cathartic about it. You don't, I mean, sad. Like isn't, listening to Adele. Yeah. Sad isn't a bad thing. It's expressive. Yeah. Sounds like you're more in touch with your emotions than perhaps I am. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, I don't want to be sad. <laughs> That's a scary place. <laughs> yeah, I think you you have to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. 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 Like even, so yesterday I had a voice lesson and I had to, for the first half hour, we just talked. So voice often feels like therapy. Whoa. And I said to her afterwards, I was like, you know, I think it's good that we talked about that because we have to honor what's happening before we can just jump into it. And also, do we have doctor-patient confidentiality? Because <laughs> I just built. <spilled> <laughs> 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 
She's like, no, I'm not your doctor. <laughs> um, <but> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's back up. Where are you from? So I'm from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Whoa. Well known. Well Whoa. known. Well known little city. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a pretty small town. Um, like high school class was a hundred people exactly. Holy shit. In my graduating class. Um, so it's the type of town where you grow, go to the grocery store and you're going to run into somebody. Um, which I actually hate that. Ah, yeah. Like every time I go out, I'm like, shit, don't let me run into anybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cause you know, you're in social mode and then you're in like, leave me alone mode. <laughs> I have that when I go home these days. Cause my town was fairly small as well. But my biggest fear is running into like old friends' parents that I don't recognize anymore. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh man. Yep. Please. Base the the God, people whose don't. like faces you remember but names you don't. Yeah. Like, like oh, oh no, you're one of my friends' parents, but I don't know <laughs> but, you. <laughs> I mean, I do that all the time here, and it doesn't bother me though. Like I constantly run into people, like Soma, right? Like yeah. <laughs> everyone kind of knows That's everyone. That's where you you just don't say their name, but you smile and wave. What's up, man? <laughs> How's it going? Hey, human. <laughs> Tap on my headphones. <laughs> uh no. really busy really busy uh so what's going on in johnstown uh well there is recently a politico article about the town so if anybody knows of it that's probably why they would know of it um a lot of people there like trump oh uh, I so see. that's a wait why was the politico uh because the reporter went there and um, so she had gone to Johnstown or she or he had gone to Johnstown the year before the election. Um, or so, yeah, a year ago, right before we knew the results. Um, and there was a lot of support for Trump. And then they returned to see what it was like now. And there's still a lot of support for Trump. Um, and what was interesting is, um, and granted, this isn't true for everybody in Johnstown, but I see some of this in my Facebook feed, so I know it exists. Um, the people, they... They don't. So when the reporter was asking them, you know, how do you feel now that he hasn't followed through on the things that he's promised? They see his anger as um, doing something. So they feel like he has been angry on their behalf and that he's shaking up the system. Hmm. And it's interesting (laughs) to think of that perspective. Like, I think, you know, it feels like a dog that's barking loudly and not doing anything. Uh, to us i don't know that's the way i feel about it um and some people huh. see that as actually pushing for change huh. uh yeah i think that's an interesting angle like just having someone angry for you that has more influence than you I could see that yeah hmm. um but yeah so johnstown is a, a really pretty... angry place <laughs> yeah pissed. well i mean it's uh. <laughs> it's weird to see how it's um now it's changed. It's kind of becoming a heroin town. Mm. Um, ah, yeah. And yeah, there is, there's a lot of anger there. And so people are looking for anybody to be their savior. And they like Trump because he wasn't a politician. Um, and yeah, I think they related to him more than they could anybody else. Which is kind of bizarre to me. Like, You can relate to the guy who lives in a golden tower bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like what? Literally golden. Yeah. 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 Uh, When you were growing up, which came first, uh, the designer or the the vocalist? Musician. Definitely music. So I've played piano since I was three. Musician, yeah. Yeah. Um, Three? 
Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's really early. Yeah. I actually think this is one of the best decisions my parents ever made. Um, I can't, I mean, I don't really remember what I was like at three. Um, my mom said I was always singing and trying to like tinker around and play things. Um, and so my parents got a piano for the house. And then my dad uh, found a teacher who would give me lessons. Who would put um, up with a three-year-old? Yeah, because... Yeah, holy shit. Um, yeah, most people don't want to teach a three-year-old. Uh, so he would go to lessons with me. Um, and then I surpassed him, and then he stopped. Whoa. <laughs> when, how, when you were how old? Like five? Three and a half. Uh, I don't know. I've just... Yeah, so then I've always been playing piano. Wow. Um, and um, then I, I took a break from piano because I only wanted to play the songs that I heard on the radio. Yeah, of course. Um, so I would run between listening to my radio in my room and then running to the piano and trying to remember and writing it down. You didn't have um, a portable radio? <laughs> Hang on, I can help you. <laughs> um, and then I wasn't practicing the music that, uh, you know, yeah. I was assigned that week. Yeah. And then it became something where, you know, I would get in trouble if I wasn't practicing my music. And it kind of fucked with my relationship with music. So it's like, hey, this I like this thing, and now it's something where I'm getting in trouble if I don't practice. So then I stopped. Uh, I stopped taking lessons. Um, but then I would just play on my own still. Yeah. Um, and then that progressed into writing music. Um, and I was singing throughout all that time. Um, and then uh, I went back to piano. Mm -hmm. um, but that was later on in high school. Okay. Um, because our chorus needed a piano player. And so I was like, ah, oh, I'll do it. And I was like, ah, oh, I should. Uh, I did this when I was three. Yeah. Step back. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I should probably get more serious about the lessons. I was playing this music when I was three and a half. About the or, lessons. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I had a similar yeah. experience with, with piano. Uh, and I think looking back on it, if I'd just been a little more assertive, like, hey, teach, I'm paying you. And I don't like yeah. any of this shit that we've, we've come up with to practice. Yeah. Let's pick some new stuff. I think if I'd been more assertive, I probably would have I stuck with it. I bet people would really like it if you talked to them that way. That'd be really chill. <laughs> Yo, teach. But when you're <laughs> young. with some of I that mean, Billboard Top 100. You don't even realize that's an option. You don't really have yeah, this yeah. concept that like, it's like somebody's oh, paying this teacher for this lesson. Yeah. Um, you feel like it's for the teacher, not for you. I yeah. own you. That was it. Yeah. That was it. It's like, I'm here to impress the teacher not to get good at this mm -hmm. thing. Or yeah. like, so it's enjoy like it's it. only for you when you're not in the lesson. Yeah, yeah. And it became like a a guilt cycle where it's like, mm -hmm. oh fuck, I didn't practice this week, and then and then uh, you try to speed practice before the lesson, <laughs> and then you're really you're like, bad. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you just spiral down. Man, I remember yeah. that really well. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I took was... guitar lessons, but we only played like rock music. It was oh, great. Oh, see, <laughs> that's, that's key. Yeah, we should have yeah. found his. And, and you stuck with it. Now you're he was amazing. I found his YouTube videos. Like, holy shit, he's so good. Yeah. He's yeah. like a classical guitarist, but he just would teach me electric yeah. guitar. <laughs> so singing was kind of that way, too, where I started voice lessons when I was 12. Um, and the voice teacher I went to, she taught classical. So we did opera and some musical theater. Like, musical theater was pushing the envelope, uh, like, towards the pop side. Um, and I wanted to be doing pop songs. Um, and it actually... it was a thing I struggled with later on because I only knew how to sing opera then. And then I'd want to sing what was on the radio and I'd be like, oh, fuck, how do I sing this? Shit, thing? I'm sorry. <laughs> like they do. You sound too formal. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then I had to reteach myself uh, how to sing. Huh. Um, yeah. How to have that casual singing voice. 
what do you think of pop singing today? I think it all sounds pretty similar. Is the only wow? That's just jumping uh-huh. in there, huh? That would be the only uh, criticism I have. Is like there seems to be a female vocal style that is like dropped into every EDM song. And well, like, you're listening to one style, and you're like, they all sound the same. <laughs> no, I mean, if you turn on the radio, it's like, is this the same singer on every song? Like, did this one person just get really famous and or like become really in demand? I don't know. Fuck, this is a really bad. You segment. mean like, yeah, the lighter, uh, like the chill vocals, like breathy, the yeah. whisper pop. Yeah. Oh, yeah, whisper pop. I think I've heard that via term, so I didn't just come up with that. Okay. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, you can still find people doing other things, though. Like, I think one of the most uh, interesting vocalists right now is Sylvanesso. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like, she just, she uses her voice in ways that you're not hearing a lot of other people use it. Um, like, there's something raw about the way she sings. Maybe um, she listens to sad trailers to yes. get to get hyped up <laughs> yeah to get hyped up hype yeah. down to get hyped down hype down yeah. uh where were we uh so you're in high school and i'm not doing, in high school you're in high school right now and you're doing all this i don't know why i felt offensive when you said that <gasps> and you're doing all this music stuff did you have any idea what you wanted to to do uh yeah so i i wanted to do music um And it wasn't until, and so, like, that was the plan ever since I was little. Um, I made it my plan. Um, And even from, like, seventh grade throughout high school, I would go away every summer uh, for music. So I go to this thing called Interlochen in Michigan. Hell yeah. Um, I I know Interlochen. Interlochen. Wait, (laughs) why does that sound so familiar? There's a a ski place there, too, I think, right? Oh, interlocking. I don't know. I don't ski. Uh, interlocking. Interlocking. So, um, so Josh road. Groban that was a road that I grew up next there. to. <laughs> um, Nora Jones. Uh, what is this? There. It's just, it's like people who are serious about this as, you know, kids and teens, they go there for the summer. Wow. Um, and it's an intensive summer program. Like you wake up every day at 6 a.m., you do your, your dance workout. So I always went for a musical theater. Um, actually, I went for voice, I guess, a few years. Um, and so, yeah, you do your dance warm-ups and then uh, singing warm-ups. And uh, it's just an entire day of rehearsing until you're done at like 6 p.m. And then you eat dinner and you're exhausted and you go to bed and you wake up and do it all over again. Um, so it's like camp minus, you know, <laughs> the, <fun>. the games. <laughs> <laughs> minus the, uh, yeah. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I... I always planned on doing music and it wasn't until I was in high school um, that I realized I have good grades so I could go to a good university um, and with the smart singers <laughs> <laughs> well this is when I started thinking well maybe maybe music is a hard career and maybe I should do something that makes money appropriate time to start that's, thinking about that kind of that's stuff that's exactly the conclusion <laughs> I came to too yeah I was and, like I want to be or like a recording engineer and just like work in studios for everyone. It's like, oh wait, I get paid in beer. Like <laughs> this isn't gonna work out for me. But <laughs> maybe you wouldn't notice because you were drinking beer all the time. Just a whole bunch of summer shandy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so both my parents were doctors, and so I thought, oh, I guess it's in my blood. I'll apply to be a bio major. 
And so I went to Penn State. Mm -hmm. And you quickly Um, learned that's not how blood works? Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Their degrees did not pass down through my DNA. Yeah, it could not be a career path I could take at all because anytime I get my blood drawn or see, you know, something along those lines, I faint. That's a sign. That's a sign. Probably shouldn't be a doctor. Fuck it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I went to college uh, as a bio major um, and... So in high school, you know, got all A's. Um, <laughs> no I, big deal. <laughs> I that was then in the honors college yeah. at Penn State, so it meant I had to maintain at least a three point seven five GPA. So I'm in bio, and I got my first C. <gasps> and then I remember I had to have dinner with my parents. And be like, okay, I got a C. <laughs> this means like I might be on a path where I get kicked I'm out of the failure. honors. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it felt like a dinner where you're like. I have a drug problem, you know, like <laughs> of that weight. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent so much time studying and it just, I, I couldn't retain the information as I wanted to. Mm. Um, and yeah, so around that time I was like, all right, well, maybe I should figure out a, a new life path. Um, and then that's whenever I was just thinking of other things to do and um i was hanging out hanging out with a lot of musicians um and because i came from a hometown that was small and didn't have much of an art scene and then i was looking at these musicians and i was like they're so incredibly talented and then they have nowhere to play so i was like i'm gonna build a website for them nice (laughs) that's gonna link venues and artists and so um i had no idea how to do that but i knew i wanted to make that um, and so that was the start of my path into tech, um, which like looking back, it's so funny cause I think it's like, you have this idea of how to teach yourself and I was learning how to learn. Yeah. Um, like I remember I had a binder where I was taking notes like, Hmm, HTML. Okay. Yep. That's the definition for HTML. <laughs> this is the definition for CSS. <laughs> like I had this binder where I was trying to make this, like it yeah, was going to yeah. be a vocabulary test. Um, <laughs> isn't that fucked up about like this? That says a lot about the school system, yeah, right? I think so. I, don't know, I think, yeah, because um, I didn't know how to just learn something. Yeah, um, I felt like I had to prepare for it in the ways that I had prepared for every test previously. Yeah, um, and so it was around this time that um, I so I wasn't teaching myself design or programming, and so I thought, okay, I need to find a programmer. Um, and and I, I'll explain to him what HTML stands for. <laughs> okay, so I know what HTML is now. <laughs> yeah. Now you write this thing. You write the gosh dang thing. And so I spent time on all the wrong things. Like I remember perfecting the design of business cards. I oh, worked yeah. on that with a friend. Oh, yeah. Um, and like researching how I should incorporate this. Like nothing existed. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's how I spent my time. And even, I, okay, so this is just such a weird story that I was thinking back on. I remember... I was working a uh, Lupe Fiasco. Do you remember who he is? Oh my Do god! Do I remember? Yes. Are you yes. kidding? Uh, he's on like my top one hundred on Spotify. <laughs> the wedding processional at my wedding was a violin remix of a Lupe Fiasco song. <laughs> yeah, don't like right, us about so Lupe Fiasco, Kathleen. <laughs> this is how out of touch I was with like how you did this. Um, I had all these business cards, and uh, so in my. <laughs> 
in this first Lupe. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about this website I'm making. I know what HTML is. <laughs> oh my god. It says so- HTML expert on the card. <laughs> Oh, and so yeah, I had all these business cards and I had to work a show that night. Um, so I helped set up shows for artists that came through to Penn State. Um, and so I um, was there in the beginning and then um, I thought I was done. And so I went and started drinking. And then they're like, How oh, old were you at the time? Oh, oh shoot. Um, Hang on. For the record. We'll leave that. 21. <laughs> I drink a lot of water. Oh, yeah, drinking water. Yeah. Had a lot of sugar. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they're like, hey, we need some help. So I was like, oh, shit, better get back there. Um, and I had all these business cards with me. And so I'm unloading all of his instruments. And I'm like, I should stick my business cards <laughs> in his instrument Oh, pieces. my God. You didn't. <laughs> yes, I did. Please tell me you got a job from Lupus. Yes. No, no, <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. But back then, I didn't know he what to... He he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, Kathleen Morgan. I think you were littering in my shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, back then, I didn't know what to focus on. So I was like, mm, I don't know, maybe I'll just stuff my business cards Planting. in. Planting. <laughs> Grassroots marketing is what we call that. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, like, what did I think was going to happen? They'd be like, well, this Kathleen Warner left a lot of business cards. She really she knows must... how to connect with artists yeah. by putting stuff in all of their stuff. <laughs> Stuff. She must mean business. See, this sounds a lot like. This is very professional. I want to work with her. Yeah, it's like maybe, maybe, maybe someday I'll I'll pull up next to a guy who's driving a a, a Ferrari, and I'll look at him, and he'll look at me, and he'll say, "I bet that guy really wants a Ferrari." And he'll just give me his Ferrari, you know, because maybe. I deserve it and I want it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I didn't know how to spend my time. Focusing on all the wrong things. Um, but then it was around that time that I met Zach Johnston. Huh. Um, and Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> For reference, turn and... to last week's episode of Design Details. <laughs> nope, last week was Rafa. <laughs> For oh. reference, turn to two weeks ago's reference episode of Design Details. Um, so yeah, Zach and another student, they were working on this app called One School. So around this time, I started meeting other students that were working on projects. So I was like, there's more of us, um, except they know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and so Yo, I, guys so i had this idea <laughs> what if you stake your business cards <laughs> what <Yeah>. if <laughs> we taught everyone what html meant <laughs> okay anyway sorry i'll, I'll do a medium post on it guys later. i can come work for you i know what HTML means <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway um so you so met yeah, zach they they had a working version and what I was one school uh so it was an app that had Everything you needed to know about your college. So information everything. about everything. Classes, professors, local restaurants, a bus tracker, a school wall, which was really just a party finder. Um, all in one app. <laughs> wow. That's pretty cool. Um, and, and this is like pre-Snapchat. Yeah. Because um, that's what Snapchat's used for these days. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I found the bus. I'm tracking it now. <laughs> Um, it's just a, it's just just a map the, of someone running alongside the bus. <laughs> it's Here's your, where it's it is, your guys. Nap, it's your nap on its way. Or the yeah. bus driver, just constant stories like, yeah. we're at 24th and Broadway. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, and so I... It's a startup right there, Snap Bus. Snap yeah, Bus. Yeah. Um, I just offered to help them as a friend. Um, I HTML consultants. <laughs> I didn't know what to do, so I was just trying everything I could think of. Um, and maybe there's a theme here of like spamming people, but 
uh, yeah, I was in these like really large bio and science classes. And so I would e- email listservs and be like, hey, guys, sign up for one school, oh. then give me all your feedback. I see. <laughs> You were one of those. Yeah, I was one of those. I found okay, all the emails from everyone at college. It's basically like the I email can do version. I want with this, right? Oh yeah, and then you learn how to face rejection because people will send you, yeah, yeah, really strong emails in response. Um, you're like, ah, oh, whatever, Jimmy. Um, Piss off, Jimmy. We didn't want you using your app anyways. Stupid Jimmy. But actually, if you could download it, that'd still be pretty chill. Um, and so, yeah, I was. Uh, just trying to get a bunch of students using it, figure out what they liked about it, what they didn't like about it. Um, and then they were like, hey, we're going to go out to California for the summer. You want to come with us? And I had never been to California, so that alone was enough for me. Um, and then we lived in a frat house Nice at Berkeley, Beta Theta Pi. Um, Those are some yeah, delicious just, some words. It was the cheapest housing option we could find. Mm-hmm. Um, I never even paid for my room. I don't, I hope I don't owe that. <laughs> uh, well, you probably do now. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we would drive into San Francisco every day, work, come back to a home on, that- On one school. Yeah. Come back to a home that smelled of weed and go to bed. Lovely. Um, well, that's just Berkeley. Yeah. This Which I, Berkeley can, smells I can completely understand true. why someone would be in a frat. I mean, you come home every night and there's a party. Um. I can understand why people <laughs> wouldn't want to be in front, uh, a.k.a. me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so we continued working on that um, and eventually started talking with some investors. Um, and we raised more money than we thought a bunch of college kids could. Um, and then we got into this accelerator called 500 Startups. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when things started uh, clicking for me. Hmm. Uh, So I was doing marketing for them and managing a campus founder program of 83 people um, across various colleges. Um, And So you're spamming work (laughs) is what you're saying. Yeah, I found other people to spam for me and gave them instructions. It's a good pyramid scheme. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which looking back, it was so funny. I had like these manuals on how to promote one school at your campus. Spamming 101. Stick this poster on like the back of bathroom stalls so people can look at it while they're on it. Just like (laughs) ideas of where you can put all these things, how to get people on it. Slide in some business cards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and another thing. So I would populate the school wall with fake posts, but I would find real addresses and be like, party at 300 south allen and then people started doing that and i'd be like guys are you posting this they were like no i was like oh my god people are actually posting parties now and then that became one of the most popular things on the app people just using it to find parties (laughs) so you were posting (laughs) non-existent (laughs) parties at real addresses but it was always a chuck e cheese (laughs) (laughs) yo guys it's going down yeah I mean, I hope nobody ever went to the addresses. Well, you'd have to assume somebody <laughs> oh, no. did and was incredibly disappointed. I hope they found a party there. I mean, it was Penn Maybe. State. There if was a party, there, at is a party at every location. Yeah. So Yeah, three's a party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're saying that was when things started to click for you. Yeah. So it was the first time that I had any exposure to what a product process actually was. Um, and Which was just generating fake posts. <laughs> it's a good product to have. Well, no. So I was watching people, designers, engineers, uh, work together to build something. Like before this, it was still pretty much a mystery of how this all worked together. Um, but because we were making it up as we went along, and so then I looked at the other people on 500 startups, and I was like, oh, they know what they're doing. 
Um, and uh, looking voice. back, they, didn't. <laughs> they, <yeah. laughs> they were all making up too, but uh-huh. they were more convincing. Um, and so it was at this time that I started realizing that I wanted to be building products. Hmm. And I thought, so I thought I had to find a non-technical role to fit into that. Um, and it was really helpful to have this experience of being out there because previously I'd always just felt like I was too late to the game. Like I, it was too late for me to learn design or programming, uh, which is crazy to think that I was a freshman and I was already deciding <laughs> that that was too late. I felt that way too though. Yeah. yeah. Like, did you have, I mean, you were like 12. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. you're like, I should have done this at nine. Uh, no, I only feel that way about, uh, like JavaScript investing in Apple, like shit. Yeah. What was I doing when I was twelve? I fucked up. Yeah, why wasn't I buying Bitcoin when I was twelve? Gosh damn it. Yeah, um, but then I started seeing these people doing it. And I'm like, hold on, they're not that different from me. Like, I don't know why I thought that you had to be a genius to make an app. No, you, you know, gotta you, be a blissful <laughs> idiot. Yeah, yeah. You only see you know Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg, and you're like, ah, oh, shit. I don't think I'm that. So maybe I should just like find a non-technical role that can fit into the people building that. Just um, kind of messed up. And I think that the culture of what we do also feeds back into that, where we like to make things sound very technical and yeah, smart, like mm-hmm. acronyms and and uh. uh complex vocabulary that makes things sound more complicated than they are uh which makes from the outside of that bubble makes things sound like oh i don't know if that's for me even though like Mm -hmm. anything can be explained in in it's insulation it's like verbal insulation yeah i mean we're building a moat around uh our Our profession Mm -hmm. our profession right like yeah so it makes you feel like you deserve this right it's like oh i know all these i know what this means i know what all these technical things mean yeah yeah um, it's like accountants in Excel macros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that did put up a barrier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I put it there. Um, and I'm glad I figured out that I was wrong and that anybody can learn this. Um, it's just a matter of how much time and energy you put mm-hmm. into it. Um, so then I was like, well, all right, I'm going to teach myself Python, uh, which then I was like, oh, shit, maybe I'll start with front end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and because I was working on well, you already school, knew what HTML and CSS. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Pulled out your binder, <laughs> wiped the dust off. Ah, yes, my my old friend. <laughs> Marquee tag. <laughs> <laughs> That's no <little> thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was hard because so we are all living in a house together at this point um, in Sunnyvale. Um, and we, I didn't have time to teach myself programming and work on one school. And it was also weird because, you know, we're all living together. And so there was a pressure to constantly work and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't recommend that people live together and work together. Um, yeah, it it started creating, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think it, (laughs) oh yeah, (laughs) I think it started creating, uh, a competitive nature Hmm. and, we even had somebody on the team that would play that up. And, um, yeah. That always so. seems healthy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can see it. I agree that it can foster unhealthy behaviors. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get there, into, like, comparison. The the devil's advocate point of view would be 
maybe it's it's like a great way to to feel motivated and and like bond with the team that you're going through the same struggle mm-hmm. together. Uh, it seems like the, that was definitely there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the way people would pose it, and then the negative outcome is like overworking, yeah. maybe. Um, yeah, and as far as feeling like you know together, you were working on this thing that does not yet exist, and the excitement of that, I felt that so much early on. Um, but then after we raised money, it changed. Hmm. Um, that was when this more negative pressure started creeping in. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so money takes the that. fun yeah, away from it. Say, yeah. Hmm, yeah. Shit. So what happened? Um, so I decided to go back to school. Okay. Um, which at the time I remember feeling so torn about it. But now you knew um, where all the parties were <laughs> and which ones were fake. <laughs> I didn't go to any parties then. I just yeah stayed in my dorm teaching myself programming then. Oh, cool. um, but I remember feeling like I might be walking away from, um, yeah, a life-changing opportunity. It had already been life-changing up to that point, but I didn't know how much more that could continue. And it's that what-if scenario that kind of fucks with you. Um, it turns out I did make the right decision, but even like I remember, um, so I took a semester off uh, to stay in California and then went back the following semester. And on my first day of class, um, I remember I'm walking to my class and I checked TechCrunch, which, yes, remember checking TechCrunch back in the day? Sure. Um, and there was an article about one school and it's like one school raises 750000 which we just hadn't announced it Um and then seeing the article come out and no oh, longer no. being part of it, I'm like, fuck. Like, you just feel like it's taking off and now it's taking off without you. Yeah. Even though I knew it was the right decision for me to go back to school. Um, because I wasn't learning anymore while I was out there. Like, I was perfecting communication skills, which, you know, I made the jump from putting business cards in Lupe Fiasco's musical equipment to learning how to run. We call it the Fiasco <laughs> Fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> so you know learning how to actually run email campaigns and uh, delegate this work to other people at colleges and i wanted to be learning technical skills um but then shortly after that uh things imploded oh yeah and then you're like (laughs) then you're reading tech and you're like oh "Oh, shit shit. (laughs) Um, yeah and then you get the emails from people on the team that are like oh if reporters reach out don't say anything Uh, yeah, that might be a story for another podcast. Mm-hmm, um. mm-hmm. An anonymous podcast, <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Uh, well, so yeah, I, we'll bring Zach back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll let it. you two hash it out. That sounds good. No, 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 not. It was uh, we had a another person on the team that went a little crazy. Uh oh. Yeah, I feel like that tends to happen in most like early stage startups. Someone loses it along the way. Yeah, but it's stressful. It is. Like, it's not surprising to me that people hit breaking points so far i've nominated brian to be the one who goes crazy on our team <laughs> i mean i don't disagree with that i would say i probably get the most worked up Hat. stressed hmm. to what i i would say among the three oh, of us, you get the i get the most up. worked up yeah among the three of us uh there's uh, three of us on we, our team we have a third co-founder <laughs> when, when did i get looped into this uh, <laughs> you, you, we just pulled you in you know that <laughs> we needed someone to make business you know cards. that contract you signed saying that uh we could publish your voice yeah well you're also our co-founder <laughs> <Inside now. shit. laughs> uh anyways <laughs> yeah so uh you were feeling good about your decision after everything imploded yes. yeah um and then yeah, from there, I was teaching myself how to program. Mm-hmm. 
At that point, what what was motivating you? Like, what was the application for it? Knowing that I wanted to learn. um, Just for the sake of learning? uh, For the sake of being able to build things. Mm -hmm. Um, And even then, I didn't... Man, I maybe... It's funny. This feels like a therapy session where it's like reflecting on my life, and I have all these points. I'm glad where you I... can share it publicly with everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did that make you feel? <laughs> yeah. Um. I yeah. I remember at the time I didn't feel like I had enough skills to start a side project, so I had to find a different motivation for getting down um, the fundamentals of front end, and so I volunteered to teach a programming for beginners class. Um, as my forcing function, you know, yeah. the social pressure to, to get that mm-hmm. done. Um, which I did find through that, that like having to teach ideas to other people, it is a nice pressure of having to internalize that for yourself. Um, and so taught that class that helped me get down some things. No um, more binders, just social anxiety. And- <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, and then I reached out to somebody that I had met in 500 Startups. Uh, Melissa Miranda is her name. Um, and she was working on an app called Tiny Review at the time. And I was just like, she's the best designer I know. I've got to learn everything from her. So I reached out. And I was like, hey, is there any way I can just work for you for free for the summer? Um, and she said yes. Um, and so then I was in Palo Alto that next summer. Wow. Uh, working with her and even looking back on that I I didn't understand design it was around this time that you know I was starting to teach myself to program I was loving inspect element and figuring out how to how do you deconstruct all these sites that people are making Um, and um, and so I wanted to become better at design and you know I would have little projects to work on but I didn't understand how it fit into the grand scheme of everything Hmm. Like I was looking at Dribble, and I was like, "Okay, I've, this got, I've got to make the most beautiful <laughs> thing to bring in the users." Um, and I didn't yet understand that design is something that solves problems. Mm-hmm. It was just something that made things look good mm-hmm. at the time. So, is this the kind of stuff that you started to figure out at Tiny Review, like how all this fits together? Um, parts of it, mm-hmm. yeah. So it became Tiny Post then mm-hmm. in the time I was there. Um, and then I went, um, so yeah, returned to school and um, then started getting really into hackathons. And it was mostly through hackathons that I started understanding the role of design more. Um, and that, you know, like together as a team, we are working to solve X. Yeah. And the role that I played in that rather than just like, Slapping on the shininess. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I spent a lot of time at hackathons um, and then even started hackathons at my university. Um, and, and yeah, it, I think that was one of the best things I did in college because it, it made me a better uh, front-end developer. Yeah. Um, and it made me a better designer. Mm-hmm. Did you graduate? I did. Okay. Yeah. What was, what was the plan? What was the major? Oh, so then I studied advertising. Yeah. Cool. So what? I was like, oh, at least this is easier than bio. I can get <laughs> A's in this and teach myself design outside of it. Okay. Because well, when I first returned to college, I was like, all right, I want to study design or I want to study uh, comm sci. And the comm sci, it was just heavy on the research side and you weren't actually building things. 
uh, not the things that I wanted to be building. And then on the design side, there was just the graphic design track, and there wasn't any product design as part of that. Um, and so, yeah, at this point, universities hadn't caught up to what was happening. I imagine that's changed by now. Um, maybe It seems not, like it has in some places. I think just by virtue of what our educational system is, it can't ever catch up. So just like it, yeah. it always has to be people out of practice teaching in most cases. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that's weird and frustrating. Yeah. Um, so I chose advertising also because a lot of um, my mom's side of the family works in advertising. Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah, safety net. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you graduated. Yeah. And then I graduated and, and joined Gumroad. Gumroad. Yeah. So why Gumroad? And what year was this for context? So I can... Yeah. So for context, this was 2014. Yeah. And I wanted to work on something that helped musicians. Um, and so huh. that left Gumroad as the pretty the only clear option. choice. Uh, well, there are a few different things I was looking at. But yeah, Gumroad was the only one that had uh, good designers working on it. Al's um, great. And then Al was, which is so funny, he's become Al more so in the past few years. Um, Alex. <laughs> uh-huh. Al. Uh yeah, when I met him, I was just like, oh, my God, he's going to be so awesome to work with. Um, and he how, really was. How did Gumroad happen? Like, I think a lot of people have this leap from, like, a university experience designer to the first job as a designer. Oh, like, how did it yeah. happen for me or yeah. how did Gumroad start? No, how did that happen oh. for you? How did you um, make that? So, do you know Bridge, which is part yeah. of the mm-hmm. Designer, designer Fund, Fund program? Yeah, so I... Got into Bridge, and then Gumroad was the one that I uh, paired with through that. Got it. So it worked out pretty well because I was going to apply to Gumroad anyway. Um, And then when I saw that they were part of Designer Fund, yeah, it just worked out perfectly. And then it was crazy that Zach was in my class of Bridge Mm -hmm. when Zach was the first person that taught me design. Uh huh. Yeah. (laughs) Tracing careers, yeah. Yeah. And so how long did you stay at Gumroad? Uh, So I was at Gumroad for 10 months. Okay. Until we didn't get our Series B. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, it's still been one of my favorite teams I've ever worked with. Um, because everybody cared about the product so much. So even when we knew that we weren't going to get our Series B, there was only one person that quit. Hmm. Um, everybody stayed on until the very end. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, the amount of passion on that team to build products that could actually help creators sustain themselves um yeah it was pretty awesome to see and so what did you do so i did design and front end there yeah so all of the designers so um it was al aaron and myself um so we all did front end for everything we designed uh Um, did you like that part of the um, the process i did what you you um towards the end of it i i wanted to be spending more time on design um and i found myself while in the process of designing and being like, oh, shit, then I have to figure out how to implement this. <laughs> um, I didn't like that aspect of it, that it was then jumping, like mentally jumping through, you know, thinking through how I'd be have to build it as I was designing it. Um, but it, it made me a hell of a better front-end developer than <laughs> I was before. And especially, yeah. like, Al is so talented. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned a lot from him. I was always bugging him. <laughs> Al's last name, Chris, for reference, so yeah. people can can look him up. And he's such an incredible musician too. Hmm. Yeah, good combo. I know. 
And so after Gumroad? So then after Gumroad, I mean, that was just such a big bummer. Yeah, because we we wanted it to work out so badly. Um, And then we knew it wouldn't. Um, And then I did a bit of freelance because I didn't know what I wanted to go to next. And I kind of needed some time to process. Um, And Gumroad didn't die. It's actually still around. It's just fewer Um, people. Right. Yeah, I think it's just Sawhill and um, a person doing support. Um, but but yeah, so it it made me sad because I love that team so much. So I had to find not just a product that I wanted to work on, but a team that I'd be able to love as much. Um, and so I did a bit of freelance. Uh, I was doing a lot of uh, pitch decks. Uh, I worked with a uh, fund, um, and so that was that was fun work um, because you know you help people figure out how to tell their story because uh, it's useful. You find a lot of times people are they know their product so well they don't know how to talk about their product. Yeah, making a pitch deck yeah. is very hard, especially when you're like, well, I have all these things I want to say, but also, mm-hmm. do they go in this? Yeah, and how? And helping them, it's mostly helping them trim down what they need to communicate Mm. and what things are important um i feel like that's kind of like a generalized thing for like like slide decks for most things like you don't need to put all the words on there yeah sometimes you do more with pitch decks because you you might not be presenting you might just Mm -hmm. be like sending it to someone but like yeah and a lot of times you know i've worked on decks where you do an email deck and then a presentation deck Mm -hmm. as well yeah um but yeah, and so then after email that, decks are always ugly. They're so bad. <laughs> like, it's just yeah, it's so, like, so much, so much more in. text. Yeah, super dense. Um, so then after that, uh, well, I started uh, talking to a bunch of different companies, figuring out where I wanted to land next. Um, what was the thought process? So at this time, oh man, all the companies were very different, but um, Omni was one that popped up in this process, and I had already worked with Delk at Gumroad, mm-hmm. um, and Ryan Delk. yeah. Um, and so the biggest thing to figure out was, do I want to be the only designer, the first designer and only designer, or do I want to go to a bigger company? Um, so that was the thing I was wrestling with at the time. And then I figured, fuck it, let's do it. Was that <laughs> um, how you made your, of your mind? Just fuck it? Um, or was there I a... mean, there was a lot more that went into it. <laughs> okay. I had whole... She watched a like lot anal- of sad trailers. <laughs> you seem like an analytical person. <laughs> I had, you know, whole pros, cons list. A binder. Uh, uh, yes. Acronyms, yeah. Yeah. Um, Omni definition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and because, you know, my last experience with Gumroad where we didn't get our Series B, I not only had to figure out, do I want to be the only designer? I had to figure out, okay, let's break down everything. Is this going to survive? Yeah. Um, and Delk was really helpful in being transparent about all of that. Um, and so, yeah, then I took the plunge and I figured I've always been good at teaching myself. Um, well, maybe not always been good, but I've learned how to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could learn how to learn in this scenario. Um, and so it, yeah, it presented a whole batch of different problems in being the only designer. Um, you know, you jump in and you're like, okay, let's get started. Oh, sh- shit, what do we get started <laughs> on? Um, there's, yeah, everything to do. Yeah. Um, and so I learned a lot of things working there that I don't think I could have learned anywhere else. Like what? Um, 
just by the nature of being the only designer. Yeah. Um, you know, you join and there are a lot of things you don't realize at the time. So, um, you know, they're like, yeah, we want to be a design-led company. And you're like, oh, my God, this is so amazing. <laughs> you're um, telling me you like me. Yeah. <laughs> Just and, generally and vaguely. And you're like, really this is awesome. Like okay, yep, going to design it out, going to implement it. Oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. And then, you know, you start to realize, oh, my job, it entails so much more. I have to educate the team on design. I have to get them bought into why design is important, that it is a value creator and not a cost. Um, and I have to figure out how do I how do I let them give feedback? I want them involved in the product process of this. Um, and how do you let people give feedback without it turning into design by committee? And how do you get um, people aligned on what you actually want to build and the project specs of it so that you're not redesigning things when goals change? Um, and so it was a lot more, I guess, like PM education uh, vision work than I thought it would be. And that it ended up being really exciting. It's yeah. just, you know, at the time when you're looking to join, you don't even know to think of those things. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I I imagine at the end maybe you wanted to be designing a little bit more. To be designing like pixels or like the craft side of the the process more. Um, I mean, I actually had a lot of time to do that. Okay. Um, one thing that we did really well at Omni is we didn't have many meetings. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, we would have meetings and offsites where we're getting aligned on what we want to build out over the next few months. And then once that's set, then we're heads down figuring out how to get there. And then the product team, um, is having smaller sinks daily. Sure. Um, so just because there were a lot less meetings, I actually spent way more time in sketch um than i do at facebook got it yeah and and to go full circle now uh mm -hmm. when did facebook enter the picture yeah so then i was at omni for a year and a half um and i love working with that team and on that product because uh, i do believe that it's something that needs to exist in the world so it comes from this idea that people should own less things um and you know if you have uh a ladder stored in Omni. I shouldn't have to go out and buy a ladder. I can just borrow yours or mm -hmm. I can rent yours. Um, and so I loved what we were all building together and everybody in, at the team believes in this vision. Um, and then it, it started getting to a point where um, I wanted to be, I wanted a few different things. I wanted to be working with other designers. Like I wasn't learning from anybody. Mm -hmm. And it's really... <laughs> you hear that, Omni? <laughs> just <laughs> no, kidding. I'm not like that. But... <laughs> You know, like there, there is something that comes of working with other designers. I think that's almost exactly why you joined Facebook too, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah. the same reason. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that isn't on them. Mm -hmm. um, we, we only had me. Like we weren't a big enough team to have a design team. Um, and it's always important for me to feel like I am growing um, because otherwise it's like, what's the point? Yeah. Like you always want to be working towards that next thing of what you want to learn what you want to do mm -hmm. um and i wanted more time for music like that it, music is incredibly important to me and because my life was going into omni it wasn't able to go into music as well uh, whereas at facebook i do have a bit more of the separation um and have that uh 
I'm, I think I'm getting that work-life balance. I'm still figuring it out entirely. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, Making time uh, for sad trailers. A, yes. It's a lot closer. Um, and so it was really difficult to leave the team. Um, like I felt sick to my stomach. I knew this was the right choice, um, but it, it didn't change that, uh, that. It felt like a breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh no, I have to tell them now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate quitting jobs. Yeah. I mean, if it's a job you like, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I still love that team and I love what they're building. And I think, you know, that's what makes it hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah. And then Facebook. And then joined Facebook and, you know, had to figure out what team to join. Um, and then it became really easy when I met uh, Ryan, my manager. Ryan, Ryan Freitas. Ryan Freitas, Yeah. And Robin mm-hmm. Cladere. Mm-hmm. Robin is so awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like I've gotten so lucky because I've been able to work with people like Al mm-hmm. and even Zach. Um, even and- Zach. <laughs> even Zach. That? Even you, bud. <laughs> I mean, it's just so funny how that happened. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Robin, he he is the most egoless designer I have ever met. And his work is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so so today, fast forward to to the present, mm-hmm. which is where we are. Um <laughs> Thanks. Besides sad <laughs> besides sad movie trailers and and recording music, what keeps you up at night? Oh, a lot. Um, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> well actually you got another hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh lately I've been drinking this uh relaxing I'm I've deemed it relaxing uh, tea, but just realized it has uh, caffeine. So that's, I guess, why I haven't been <laughs> sleeping. But the branding of it, it looks so so relaxing. Sleepy time it tea. It has a yeah. pillow on it. 60 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the thing that probably of what you're getting at um, is I'm always thinking about how am I using my time? Am I doing enough? How do I do more? Um which time machines yeah that's the answer. like i constantly feel like i'm running out of time uh-huh yeah. because there are more things i want to make than the amount of hours i have mm-hmm. yeah and i don't have an answer so it's sorry. like upgrading that <gasps> startup prioritization process to like life prioritization process mm-hmm. and that's really hard to do uh, yeah. i feel you do you guys like feel the impending march of time just like oh my god i'm getting old have you seen that, yeah. uh, the wait, but why about like your life? Uh, he has this diagram that's um, little boxes and each box represent represents a week of your life. And there's yeah. 52 columns and then it's yeah. like maybe you lived in 90, so there's 90 rows. And I hate that each, stuff. Each week you're <laughs> clicking off a little box and- That sucks. It And if you were to look at it now, you're like- A third done. A third done. <laughs> Uh, that's scary. Well, shit. on that note, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's what keeps me up at night now. <laughs> the impending march of death, closer and closer, day by day. I can't sleep anymore because <laughs> Brian ruined everything for me. Oh man, I need that time. <laughs> well, at least you're finding a little bit more work-life balance to hopefully yeah. make the march of death a little more pleasant. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you actually pulled that from one of your trailers. <laughs> Are you yeah, sad I now? Think... You sad enough? Music time. You ready to go train? <laughs> Let's do it. 
Yeah. I mean, I think as long as yeah, you're making things that make you feel alive in the small time we have, then it's, then it's working out okay. But just always trying to figure out how do you have more of that. Yeah. Well, Bionics. Not- Cybernetics. <laughs> and time machines. Uh, on that note, I think we're out of time. Thanks for hanging Thank out. Thank you. <laughs> that was 227. Thank you so much to Kathleen for coming and hanging out with us. Thank you for listening. If you want to catch up, if you want to talk about the episode, it'll be posted in our Spectrum community. Spectrum.chat slash Spec.fm. We've got a design details channel in there. Every episode goes up in there. And uh, it's right in line with some chat. And we can just talk, talk and stuff. Chit chat. We also have a bunch of other channels in the Spec.fm community. Uh, product design, show and tell. Lots of stuff where you can just show off your work, get feedback, all that stuff. All that good, good designy chat stuff. Before we go, huge thanks to our sponsors for making this episode possible. If you need your very own unique, short, memorable uh, .design domain name, now is the best time imaginable to buy one. Go to porkbun.com. The most delicious registrar. The most delicious registrar. And you can get your .design domain name for just 35 bucks, and they'll come with all the stuff you need, like who is privacy and SSL certificates. Just use the promo code SPEC at checkout. That's S-P-E-C. And get that domain name now. Porkbun.com. Promo code spec. Thanks, Porkbun. We also want to thank our friends at Figma who are hiring. Go be one of our friends at Figma. Become a friend at Figma. At Figma.com. That should be their tagline. <laughs> Become a friend Become at Figma. Become friends. Figma. Become friends with Brendan Bryan at Figma.com slash careers. <laughs> you can see all the, all the roles available that are looking for product designers, a design advocate, content writers, and so much more. Figma.com slash careers to learn more. And of course, tell them we sent you. Thanks once again to Figma and we'll see you next week.